first of all, our text tonight, which is Hebrews 11, verse 20. And then we'll turn back to Genesis 27 and uh, read the history of it. Hebrews 11, just one verse is our text tonight, verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. That is our text. Let's go back now to Genesis chapter 27 and read God's word there. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will feed, feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me. Be thy curse, my son, only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau, or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him, and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, 
and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat, and brought it unto his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is, he, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau her elder son were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob her younger son and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him, then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do to me? Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant words. May God add his blessing upon the reading of the Holy Scriptures.
beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, the history that we have just read highlights many of the weaknesses of the covenant family. In fact, this covenant family was so filled with sins, with iniquities and transgressions, that we would hardly even dare to say that they resemble a covenant family. There are liars in this family. There are marriage problems in this family. There is a lack of communication between husband and wife. There is deception going on. There is jealousy and there is so much anger that it is necessary that one of the covenant sons flee to save his own life. We would say this family is a mess, an absolute total mess. They are not walking in a way which is honoring unto God. They are not reflecting the image of God in them in the way that they live. But they appear to be children of the wicked one. And yet, this was God's covenant family. You see, God is not pleased to take perfect people and perfect families unto himself. But God takes broken families, broken individuals who confessed, even as we were reminded this morning, that I have nothing. And God takes those broken people and those broken families and God works in them and God works through them to establish his covenant of grace. What comes out in this chapter wherein Isaac blesses Jacob and Esau concerning things to come is the fact that God is absolutely sovereign over all things. And that even the wickedness and the deception and the lying was used by God for the good of his covenant. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Isaac's blessing bestowed. We use that as our theme this evening. First, we'll see it's upon two recipients, Jacob and Esau. And then second, we'll see that this was an act of faith. By faith, he blessed Jacob and Esau. We start by considering who was the giver and then who were the recipients of this blessing that was bestowed. The one who gave this blessing was Isaac. Isaac was the covenant son born unto Abraham and Sarah, the one on whom the, the one to whom the promise was given that he would be God's covenant son. The scriptures do not tell us much about Isaac, this man Isaac, especially when we compare what we know about Abraham and the great details that the scriptures go into with regard to Abraham and his life and his pilgrimage and living in a, t a tent, and being childless for so many years, in comparison to the wealth of information that is given us with regard to Abraham, very little is revealed to us about Isaac. This is true not just in the Genesis account of the history of Isaac, 
but it's also true in the retelling of certain aspects of the history in Hebrews chapter 11. How many of the verses in Hebrews chapter 11 haven't been devoted unto Abraham and Abraham's wife, Sarah? And then in comparison to all those verses devoted to Abraham and Sarah, there's one verse that speaks of Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. What do we know of Isaac? Well, we know that Isaac was a weak individual. He was a person who was, on many accounts, a relatable person. He was not such a giant, one towering over others as far as his spiritual character and stamina went that nobody could relate unto him. He was somebody who experienced the same types of temptations and who had the same weaknesses of flesh that we as God's people still must struggle against. It's evident that Isaac had within him some of the weaknesses of his father, Abraham. Remember when Abraham would go down to Egypt, Abraham lied about the relationship that he had with his wife, Sarah. Isaac inherited some of that nature of his father. When Isaac went down to the land of the Philistines, Isaac lied to the ruler of the Philistines about his relationship with his wife, Rebekah. He was a weak man. And yet, in spite of his weaknesses, he was still the covenant child of God. Isaac now, in Genesis chapter 27, is an older man. Likely, he is over 130 years old. He's a family man, he's married, and he has two sons, twins, Esau and Jacob. These would be the recipients of the promise, Esau and Jacob. Of these two sons, it was clear that they were not of equal status before their father. But there was one whom their father preferred. The preferred twin, the one whom the father loved, according to Genesis chapter 25, was Esau. Esau is described in the scriptures as a ruddy individual. Esau was a hairy individual with a red complexion to his skin. Esau was, we might say, a a man's man. Esau enjoyed things that were masculine. Esau enjoyed going out and hunting. He was an avid hunter and he was skilled at hunting. And because Esau had that type of personality and enjoyed those types of masculine things. His father Isaac looked upon Esau and loved his son Esau. He loved his son Esau even though he knew the word of God in Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25 verse 23, Rebecca is pregnant at this point. And the twins are struggling with one another inside of the womb. And we read here in Genesis 25, verse 23, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Isaac knew that word of God unto Rebekah, that the elder shall serve the younger. Isaac knew that Jacob, being the younger twin brother, who came out holding on to the heel of his brother Esau, was that covenant child. And that because he was that covenant child, Jacob was the one who was intended by God 
to receive the birthright blessing. Isaac knew that with regard to Esau and Jacob. But Isaac intended to bless the son whom he loved. Genesis 25, verse 28. And Isaac loved Esau, not because he was godly, but because he did eat of his venison. Because they enjoyed meat together, Isaac loved his son Esau. And Isaac intended to bless him. The other recipient, we might describe him as soft. We might describe him as a mama's boy. But Jacob, it says in verse 27 of chapter 25, that Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Whereas his ruddy brother Esau was out hunting venison, Jacob was in the tent. He was with his mom in the kitchen. He was making meals. He had a softer complexion. He did not have the hair that covered his body as his twin brother Esau did. He didn't have that appearance of ruggedness and toughness. He was a softer man. Who would receive the birthright blessing? Genesis chapter 27 tells us that through means of deceit, Jacob received that birthright blessing. Isaac, even though he knew that Jacob was the one who was supposed to receive that blessing, Isaac intended to bless Esau. So Isaac privately and quickly told Esau, thinking that nobody else was around, go out, kill a venison, kill a deer, harvest the, the meat, the venison, take it back, prepare a meal, and I'll give you the birthright blessing. He evidently did not confer with his wife, Rebecca, about this. But Rebecca overheard the conversation Isaac is old and blind at this point, so he could not see who heard in on the conversation. Rebecca, as soon as she heard what Isaac's plan was, concocted her own plan. She went to Jacob, whom she loved, and she told Jacob, go find a goat, kill that goat. I will prepare that goat for you. I know what type of meat your father likes. I will prepare a savory meat for your father Isaac. Take that to him, and he'll give you the birthright blessing. Jacob balked, not because his mother was encouraging him to do something deceitful, but because she was worried about getting caught. He said, what if my father puts his hand upon me and feels my smooth skin? Rebecca cutting woman that she was, had a plan. Take some animal skin, adhere that animal skin to your hands and to the smooth of your neck so that if your father shakes your hand, touches your hand, or puts his hand upon your neck, you will feel and smell like your brother Esau. Jacob, willingly obliged to his mother's plan, quickly prepared the venison, went into the tent, deceived his father, and received the birthright blessing. What was the content of that blessing that was given, first of all to Jacob and then to Esau? We read in Genesis 27, verses 28 and 29, the content of the blessing given unto Jacob. To Jacob there was a full and a rich promise given. A promise of prosperity and abundance. 
Verse 28, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Jacob would take in great harvests. Jacob would be blessed with the dew of heaven, moisture that would come down upon the crops of the field so that the crops could grow up and produce abundant fruit. And then he could go out in the, in the fall time and harvest that so that there would be plenty of corn and wine besides. The animals that Jacob would have would be strong and healthy animals. Many sheep and oxen would belong unto him. But then not only was the blessing to Jacob a blessing, a promise of physical abundance and physical wealth, but he also promised unto Jacob great power. Verse 29, Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Jacob would exercise dominion over the other nations of the earth. And what we must understand with regard to this promise was, it was a promise that would not just be fulfilled in Jacob himself, but it was a promise that would be fulfilled in the generations that would follow Jacob. And so throughout history, those who were the offspring of Jacob would have great power over the other nations of the earth. The Philistines, the Moabites, the Ammonites, they all would be under the thumb of Jacob and of Jacob's offspring. Moab is my washpot, the psalmist confessed in Psalm 60, verse 8. But it wasn't just that Jacob, the younger brother, would have power over the other nations of the earth. Closer to home, the blessing that Isaac gave unto Jacob was this, that Jacob would have authority and rule over his older brother Esau. And be Lord over thy brethren let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. A prophecy that was consistent with what God had told Rebekah back in Genesis 25 when God told pregnant Rebekah that there were two nations within her womb and the elder shall serve the younger. How happy Jacob must have been upon receiving that promise. He walked out of that tent gloating. The plan had been executed to perfection. Father Isaac had not figured out what was going on. He had been fooled. And now Jacob had received that birthright blessing. Esau. What would Esau not long after Jacob walked out of the tent, there came Esau. Isaac was confused. Who is this? He thought he had blessed Esau. It did not take long for Isaac to determine that he had been fooled. Esau lamented the fact that the birthright blessing had been stolen from him. But Esau did not confess to his father that he had already sold the birthright blessing for a bowl of pottage. Esau complained and mourned to his father and said, is there yet any blessing for me? Did you give all of the blessing unto Jacob or did, did, did you save anything for me? Isaac turned then and he did give a blessing unto Esau. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. And that blessing is recorded in verses 39 and 40 
But for us to understand this word of Isaac unto Esau, we must understand that there is here in these verses a difficulty with the translation. The translation reads more accurately this. In Genesis 27, verse 39, Then Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be away from, insert the words, away from the fatness of the earth and without the dew of heaven from above. That was the blessing that Father Isaac gave unto Esau. Thy dwelling shall be away from the fatness of the earth and without the dew of heaven from above, and by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. A few things we may say about this word given to Esau. First of all, he would not enjoy that same amount of physical wealth and abundance that had been promised unto his younger brother Jacob. God said unto him through Isaac, thy dwelling shall be away from the fatness of the earth. And the idea is this, that he would be put out of that land of Canaan. Canaan was that promised land, that land flowing with milk and with honey. And that promised land of Canaan would be reserved for God's covenant nation. And there would be no room in that covenant nation for the one who was not part of God's covenant. And so God would put him away from the dew of heaven and from the fatness of the land. He would be outside of that land of Canaan. It is true that Esau would get a spot to the east of the land of Canaan. Esau, the Edomites, would dwell at but it would be away from, out of that promised land of Canaan. And then secondly, we see in this word to Esau that Esau's life on this earth and the life of the descendants of Esau, the Edomites, would be a life that would be characterized by strife and by warfare. By thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. The younger brother, Jacob, who had just deceived his father, Esau, would serve the brother. Now, if we take a step back here, what what do we learn from all of this? There's been a lot of history here, seeing the deception and the lies in this, but what what do we learn here about is, is this blessing given to these two sons, Jacob and Esau. Two things by way of application. First, we see here the absolute and total sovereignty of God. If we, if we simply read through this account and see all of the levels of sin, of deception, of withholding information from other people, of anger, of jealousy. If we simply look through this and listed out all of the sins, we would be inclined to think there is no way that this is all going to turn out for good. There is level upon level of wickedness. There's Isaac, who knows he's supposed to bless the younger son, but refuses to do so. There's Rebecca, who is eavesdropping on her husband's conversations and evidently does not trust him. There's Esau, who sold his birthright blessing previously for a bowl of pottage, but now pretends as if he has every right in the world to this birthright blessing. And there's Jacob, who's willing to go along with his mother's ploy 
in deceiving his father. There are so many levels of sin here that it is astounding that in the end, it all works out exactly the way that God had determined it would. Jacob, the younger, shall rule over Esau, the older brother. It makes one think of what Joseph confessed at the end of his life in Genesis 50, verse 20. As for you, ye meant evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And we need that reminder at, ti- that reminder at times. For at times, as we look around us and we see all of the sins, not only in our own lives and in our own hearts, and the deception that we practice even to others, our own spouses even, We might be inclined to be be filled with such disheartenment, be so downcast that we think there is no way that this all could work out for good. This is certainly not an excuse or a license to sin. This is not placing one's approval upon the deceptive way in which Jacob received the blessing but it is to confess and to acknowledge that God is absolutely sovereign even over the sins of covenant families. The second thing that we learn by way of application and looking at Isaac blessing both Jacob and Esau is the fact that God always uses wickedness and the powers of wickedness for the good of his people. God used Esau, whom God hated. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. God used the one whom he hated to be the servant of the one whom God loved. Genesis 27, verse 40. To Esau, Isaac said, By thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother. All of the wealth that would be given unto Esau and unto the Edomites, all of the power that Esau would have, would be used in the service of his brother. It'll serve your brother Jacob. It stands in the service of that covenant that God was establishing with Jacob. And so this teaches us here about grace, does it not? That God's grace is particular and that God's grace is only unto his children. There was no grace for Esau in this blessing. In the end, this blessing that was pronounced upon Esau did not benefit him at all because it was to be used for the advantage of and for the benefit of his brother. And it shall serve thy brother. And that applies to our life upon this earth as we look at the world and see all of the wickedness of the world and so all of the power of the world and what power the world does have, does not it seem that the world is increasing in its might, in its political might, and in its military might? And as the world develops in its power and in its wickedness, the child of God at times can be tempted to become afraid. What if this wicked world, with all of their power, turns against me or turns against my children? We wouldn't stand a chance against the world. There's no way that the church could stand up against the wicked world. And we must be reminded of this word that God gave through Isaac unto Esau. It shall serve the brother Jacob. The world 
is used by God to be the servant of the church. And it might not look that way at times. It looks like the world has its own agenda. And the world is going to do whatever the world wants to do. And there's nobody that's going to hold the world accountable. And remember this word. Thou shalt serve thy brother. The world under God's sovereign control is the servant of his church. But now we face this question, how was this blessing given by faith? It's listed in Hebrews chapter 11 that way, that by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And yet it's very difficult, is it not, to see this as an act of faith? There's a lot of other ways that this could be described. You could describe this as the fruit of deceptiveness. You could describe this as a, de a deceitful wife who has orchestrated and assisted in deceiving her own husband so that her favored child got the blessing instead of his favored child getting the blessing. As we said before, there are so many layers of, of wickedness and sins here that this hardly seems to be an act of faith. But the Word of God insists in Hebrews chapter 11 that this was an act of faith and that we must consider Isaac's actions here as an act that he did in faith, by faith. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. For us to understand this, we must look at the end of the verse. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning what? Concerning things to come. And that's the sense, beloved, in which this was. And we maintain and defend an act of faith on behalf of Isaac. Isaac, as he walked not by sight but by faith, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. He blessed his children regarding the future, with regard to a future that he could not himself see. It's not as if Isaac had some magical way of looking into a glass ball, as it were, and seeing what the future held for his children. And then looking into that glass ball, he could tell that, ah, yes, this is what's going to happen to my son, so I'm going to bless them accordingly to what I see here. No, he had no evidence of that. He had no proof that the elder would indeed serve, the, uh, that the younger Excuse me, the elder would indeed serve the younger. At this point in time, it seems as if Isaac, uh, that Esau is the stronger of the two. Esau is the one who is brave and adventurous, who goes out hunting. Whereas Jacob is the one who spends his time in the tents. And so there's nothing outwardly that would indicate that the elder is going to serve the younger in the future. Isaac didn't know these things, but Isaac did not have to know these things because he had faith. And faith is confidence regarding the future. Faith, the substance of things hoped for. By faith, Isaac blessed his children pertaining to the future. And by faith, the God-fearing parent is confident that God will watch over my children in the future. 
Faith does not demand of God that God give me physical proof that he will watch over my children. Faith does not put conditions in place and say, I'll be content, I'll trust, God will watch over me and over my children if this or that happens. But faith is an unwavering confidence in the word of God. That's why Isaac was so confident as he gave this blessing. That's why he could bless them concerning the future because he had the word of God. It's not as if Isaac saw something supernatural in his children. It's not as if he saw that Jacob was an exceedingly holy or an exceedingly gifted individual. And then because of his extraordinary gifts and abilities, well, then he could give that blessing upon his children. But instead, he blessed his children because he had the promise. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, that is, not having received the fulfillment of the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that is the confidence that God gives unto every Christian parent. That God will watch over, preserve, and protect my children and His children. And God will not permit a single one of his children to fall from God's grace and from God's favor. At times, God's ways are different than our ways. That was the case for, for Isaac. Isaac wanted to bless Esau. Isaac loved Esau and had a lot in common with Esau. But Esau wasn't God's covenant child. So there was no birthright blessing for him. And Isaac had to be brought to the point where he could confess that God's will was best and was better than his own personal desires for his son Esau. As Isaac made this prophecy, this blessing, he was prophesying of Jesus Christ, pointing to the far, far future when Jesus Christ would come. This is the second half of verse 40, the word to Esau, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke. From off thy neck. There comes a time, God said to Esau through Isaac, that you will break Jacob's yoke from off thy neck. A time when you're going to break free from Jacob being the one who rules over you. When would that be fulfilled? It would be fulfilled through Herod. Herod, an off spring of Esau would break Jacob's yoke from off his neck. He would do so by taking that offspring of Jacob, God's only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and hanging God's own son upon that cursed tree. At that moment, Herod and all the Edomites and all who were wicked thought 
that they had prevailed over the younger brother Jacob. They thought that they had taken that yoke from off their neck and they had broken it and they had smashed it into a million pieces so that never again would that yoke rule over them. But what Herod and the Edomites and all the descendants of Esau thought was a victory for the world was in God's sovereign and absolute control the ultimate victory for Jacob and his descendants. So that even there at the cross, when that blessed body of Jesus Christ was broken and His blood was shed, God used that great evil for the salvation of His people. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, Thy ways are beyond our ways. Thy judgments are a mighty deep. Thy thoughts are too great for us to comprehend. So all we can do, Father, is stand before Thee in Thy great plan and adore Thy righteous judgments, thanking Thee for the gift of salvation through Thy Son, Jesus Christ, and with meekness and humility walk obedience to thy commandments. Wilt thou bless thy word unto our hearts? Wilt thou pardon our sins and establish thy covenant with believers and with their seed? For Jesus' sake, amen.